0: Good morning. (laughs) My name is Jim Barclay, pastor here at Lighthouse Fellowship. We're glad (laughs) you guys just popped up all of a sudden. So we're going to get right with it. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad that you've joined uh, our time that we can share from the word of God, because the word of God is so awesome. I pray that you'll be touched by the word of God and God would speak to your heart. And I do believe that he will do that very thing. Because he is good, and I want you—we all know that God wants you to know His goodness—and uh, we pray that you'll be touched by His grace this day. Healing, deliverance, restoration, salvation—salvation uh, salvation is the old, the healing that we need. Salvation is our relationship with Jesus. I pray today would be that day that you're tugged at your heartstrings and that you would come to a recognition and obviously a humility in saying, "I need Jesus." So today may be that day. Open your heart. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this wonderful day you've given us. It's a day that the Lord has made. We rejoice and be glad in it. We choose to rejoice no matter what we're facing in life. We choose, Lord, to take the high road. We choose, Lord, to honor you, to bless you, to bless other people. And Father, today we pray that you would enter into this time of worship. You're here even as we've had our time of praise and worship here and the special uh, songs that we've heard. We just pray, Father, that you would touch every heart. And so those who are viewing today, we ask that you would touch them, speak to them, heal them, deliver them. And Father, today, uh, as salvation is needed, we offer ourselves to you and say, Lord, come into our hearts and save us. So today you speak, Lord, let me get out of the way and let your word and your truth go forth and power touch us because your word is powerful, it's living and active. We love you, Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We're going to look at Psalm 23, a familiar psalm, psalm and uh, I want to talk about the sufficiency of God. God is sufficient. Now, Psalm 23, will address that, and then we're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 17 after we go through the 23rd Psalm. But I want to look at this today because we've gone through, we're going through COVID, and we obviously have had the... Uh, The things that are happening on the other side of the world with Afghanistan and all these uncertainties about what does that mean by us, obviously, and the decisions that are being made today that are very crucial, I believe, to our welfare and also to the welfare of many other people today. I would encourage you to continue to pray for Afghanistan. Continue to pray for all the people there, but especially, uh, again, covering over the ladies. Again, they're uh, obviously considered to be in that part of the world in that particular religion not uh, at all uh, equal in any way they are put down and so forth we need to pray that they God would lift them up and they their faith would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and we know the word in the Muslim religion that obviously uh, they believe in dreams I do believe throughout the world that Jesus is revealing himself through dreams and visions and I do believe there is a move of God's spirit throughout the world do you believe that today we have to believe and trust, because we know that God loves all people, no matter what religion they are or what uh, faith they are. They want He wants them to come to a saving knowledge and being born again, a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we continue to pray, Lord, lift that country up, each and every one. We pray that our citizens that may still be there would be protected and they would be brought out and that they would come home safely to their families and to this great nation, the United States of America. We pray that today. And ask that you would do that in a mighty way. So the question on every, everybody's mind is what happens now? What's going on? Where's all this headed? And how does it affect me and my family? Because that's really the concern. We obviously are praying for our families. We're praying for the churches. We're praying that... God would uh, open up avenues, the church would open back up again, and people would come together corporately. I believe, not just because I'm a preacher, but the church is very important in people's lives when we come together corporately. There's something that happens. I believe we're being obedient to the Lord. We know in the book of Hebrews, it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some have, but continue to gather and encourage one another as you see the day approaching. And so we know the day is actually closer to Jesus coming back than it was yesterday. And we need to be prepared. I pray that through our discipleship here at Lighthouse Fellowship, that God would disciple you in preparation to truly be used by him in his kingdom and also be prepared for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do believe that he could come back at any time. So where is all this headed? Nobody knows the details except the Lord Jesus Christ, the father and father the Holy Spirit. And that answer, obviously, that question is, is that we put it in his hands. But I want to give you a biblical basis for dealing with it, a biblical basis for hope. And I pray today you'd be encouraged because this psalm, we actually read this yesterday at uh, Phil Hetty's service. And uh, I do believe that it's for every day, not just for uh, memorial services or funeral services. It's for today's only six verses we've shared over the years. But I want to tie in first 1 Kings chapter 17 as we talk about this. So let's read the 23rd song. You can read it out with me if you would. And any of those watching, you can read it as uh, as we share together. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not be in want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters, and he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Now, I, you heard I was reading it different than the NIV because I learned it from the King James many years ago, and that's what I've kind of stuck with over the years. I do use the NIV, but the uh, King James of this particular uh, scripture is very powerful, and I know you all probably relate to that also. So, what is going on here? And what can we expect here in the future? And in any time in our lifetime, what can we expect in our future? And the first thing here is, now this is a declaration that God is saying, is that we can be sure to have all of our needs met. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Remember, that is David's declaration here. He, he obviously was a shepherd there out in the countryside, and the hillside, and he protected the sheep. He made sure that they were Okay. And David would I actually go after the, uh, the lions and he would kill these lions and, and the things that tried to come in and uh, actually to harm the sheep, he would go and he took care of them. He was a true shepherd today. He actually did that. But yet, if you think about it, our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, he, they protect us and he, they supply our needs. We are protected from the things that are around us today. And I'm not saying we couldn't get COVID, and I'm not saying that they're not illnesses. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying our ultimate protection is in God himself. And it says that I shall not be in want, which means actually I shall not lack anything. I know that. Now you say, what about poverty, and what about people out there that don't have and so forth? It appears to me that everybody, in one way or another, they're taken care of, aren't they? Even people who have no no uh, type of income or any type of supply or resources. God takes care of them. I remember in hospice and visiting with people there at the end of their life. Of course, that's what you do in hospice. You help give support, uh, actually physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Take care of pain, and, and then you give spiritual support and emotional support. And I would come upon different people. A team of people I work with would go in homes, and some of the people that we visited with, they would have no family. And we'd ask them, where's your family? I don't have any family. Uh, How about friends? I don't have any friends. I don't have anybody. And they were there, and they had a terminal illness. And actually, uh, they didn't have anybody to take care of them. And I always thought, Lord, what are we going to do in this situation? And uh, we continued to go. And, of course, when the person was able to take care of themselves, they continued to do that. But at some point, things turned, and they weren't able to take care of themselves. And I thought, Lord, they need help. And do you know, without any certainty, I'll tell you confidently day, everyone that I ever saw in that situation, somebody came around to take care of that person. Supernaturally, somebody came around. I never understand. I just knew it was from the hand of God that God supplied that. And there wasn't anybody, no families. True. And you probably don't know anybody like that. We all have family. And friends, somebody that came out, somebody, even if they didn't know the person, would come and show up and take care of that person during that dire time of their life. Would be taken care of. Every time I ever saw it. People would always ask me, hi in the world, what happened? I'd say, God took care of us. God always takes care of us here. And the Hebrew word, obviously, here for want here, is obviously means to, to lack and to be without or decrease. Or to be lacking. He says, You shall not want. You shall not be lacking. My needs will be met. So when you're looking at your future today, you can be guaranteed your needs will be met. Now, things may not be working out the way you thought they would. But don't forget this God is sovereign over your life and my life. And He is a tender Father to each one of us. And He loves us with a love that we can't even anywhere come close to comprehending. But He will take care of us. The Living Bible says it like this. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. In Philippians 4, 19, we all know the scripture. My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. So we can stand, obviously, and be on confident ground that God will take care of us. You know, everything else is like shifting sand. What the world teaches us, it comes, goes to and fro. But you know the old hymn, everybody knows it here. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Now we sing that song and have probably all of our lives, but we know this is truth. On Christ the solid rock I stand. He will supply all of our needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. God told the prophet Isaiah, say to the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Woe to the wicked. It shall be ill for him, but the reward of his hand shall be given him. And I say Isaiah chapter three here. And that's what I'm doing today. Somebody may need to hear this today, that God will take care of you that we can go to the bank on. God said that I will take care of you. I am your shepherd. I am really personally involved in your life more than anything that you would understand. We can't grasp how intimately he is involved in our lives each and every moment of every day. The blessing of knowing that gives us peace, too. Remember the children of Israel there in the desert? Remember, they were walking along. They were they didn't like Moses to begin with. And, you know, it wasn't a a real small crowd. It was a big crowd. I guess a couple million or more. There were a lot of people there following Moses. They didn't like what they did. They thought they had security there in Egypt, and yet they were in bondage. And they said, well, you know, this man has brought us out in the desert to die. Why can't we go back and remember there they said "And, and have the leeks and the onions and the garlic and all that. I'm not sure what's tasty about that, but that's what they thought at that time. But they didn't trust what God was doing. And remember, God rained down manna from heaven. Every day there was enough manna, there was enough substance to take care of them. In fact, you know, some people describe what manna was, was like angel food. It's probably really tasty. You know, something you can think of the day that you really like to eat? Well, probably manna was even better than that. And so they had their needs supplied every morning, every day. But God said, don't go out and take more than what you need, because if you do, then, then what you don't eat there will obviously turn, it will be rotten. You won't be able to eat it. And what that meant was he wants us to depend upon him each and every day. Give us this day our daily bread. That's the wonderful blessing of that and knowing uh, the Lord's prayer and understanding that. And so he said, I'm going to take care of you. Okay, what's that mean in our present situation? In this COVID situation, it's overwhelming. And everything that you turn on the TV about, everything is negative. I mean, there are more cases. The hospitals are filling up. What are we going to do? The emergency rooms are full. We can't get in. We can't have the doctors. The doctors and nurses are tired. Bless our hearts need to pray for them. But at the same time, we, if we allow that and take that on, fear will get a hold of us and we'll be scared to death. Every time, there, every time there's a change. Every time there's a sifting sand of our society and our culture. Every time that things change, we will walk in fear. And that's not what God calls us. He said, I shall, obviously. He will be our shepherd. And we shall not be in want. He says that here today. It's a wonderful blessing that he says that he will take care of us. Remember, there when Jesus fed the five thousand, he had all those uh, those people out on the hillside. They didn't have anything to eat. They said and the disciples went to them to their master Jesus and said, Lord, what we're going to do is supper time, and so forth. And remember, eventually, in one of the stories, as Jesus told him, he said, "You go feed them." Remember what he did. He took, obviously, the two fishes and the five loaves, and he broke them, and he actually fed 5,000. And you say, yeah, Jim, in the this stretching it just a little bit? No, it actually happened. Actually, this is what happened. He actually took the two fishes, the little fish that probably weren't big fish. Didn't make any difference with 5,000, did it? And he took the five loaves, and he began to break it, and he began to multiply. It began, obviously, knowing that things began to expand. And so we know that God can take things, the smallest thing, and he will take care of it. They didn't have any because they didn't have, obviously, the nearest convenience store. They didn't have HEB. They didn't have anything to go to. They're sitting out there in the middle of nowhere. And God took care of them. This is our God. I shall not be in want. I shall not want here. He supplied that. So now this is my one of my favorite stories in 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to look at it in just a moment. But actually here... It's about Ahab there and, uh, and Jezebel, and we know Elijah. Now, Elijah was a prophet of God, and God took a care of him. And remember what happened in this story, actually. God took care of Elijah, obviously. He needed something to eat. He had just defeated the, ba- the prophets of Baal there on, on the mountaintop, and he was obviously depressed. He obviously, the power of God had been demonstrated in his life, and he got depressed. And Remember, he wanted something to eat. There was nothing to eat. And so God told him to go down by the brook, Cherith. And the ravens fed him. The ravens brought him food. And I know Elijah probably at that point said, man, this is great. Have you ever had ravens feed you before? This is supernatural, folks. (laughs) God's ways are not our ways. He does these things. And these things actually happened. The ravens fed Elijah. Isn't that good? And Elijah's there, and obviously he had water from the brook also. And he said, this is great. I'm being taken care of. I'm encouraged now and so forth. But what happened? The brook dried up. And the ravens actually uh, began to stop feeding him in that way. So what would you think if somehow you stepped out in faith and you said, I believe what Jim is saying here, what the word of God is saying in the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I believe that. And you begin to step out, and you see that God supplies your needs. But all of a sudden, things change. Things don't look quite as, as prosperous as they were, say, the day before. Things can change real quick, I want to tell you. have a friend that uh, we obviously have friendships with over many years and, and all. And she was on uh, Wednesday night on the Zoom meeting in our Bible study. Uh, and she uh, was doing fine, and her sister was on there also. And then come the next day, she was taken to the ER and actually had like a brain bleed. And so we were thinking, one day she's on obviously the TV for Zoom one night, and the next day she's got a brain bleed. And she obviously is recovering well, and uh, continue to pray. Her name is Helena. Continue to pray for her that she be is fully recovered i mean one day everything is doing good man this is good and all of a sudden bam something happens well the brook dried up and elijah's going what am i going to do now when you step out in faith sometimes that's what happens we're tested in our faith sometimes because we'll step out in faith and god is really blessing us and prospering us and then all of a sudden it changes it can change in a heartbeat people are going along COVID hits them bam it hit that's it and it happens all of a sudden. And so what happened here? So what happened? I want to read there in in some of the uh, following verses in First Kings chapter 17, verses 18 to 16. And then the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, Arise, get up, Elijah, and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow now there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called out to her and he said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now, this is a widow. He's actually traveled by foot 75 miles. This is Elijah. This actually happened. Again, the word of God. And he traveled 75 miles by foot. Can you even imagine that? And because God had told him, Go to this city, and you'll find a widow there. You'll find somebody that's going to help you, okay? So he goes, and he travels all that ways, and here he sees a widow there. And he's saying, bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he said to her again, and says, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. So she is actually preparing her last supper, so to speak, her last meal. She said, that's all I've got. A little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. That's all I've got. And here this preacher is coming and asking for me to go and obviously fix him something to eat and something to drink. I mean, audacity of that preacher. Amen. Isn't that way preachers are sometimes? I mean, they ask something ridiculous of you, and you're going, you go away, and you go, yes, and then you scratch your head going away and say, man, that preacher asked for something I just can't do, okay? And so this is what happened with this widow. But listen to this story. This is something the way we should work, we should operate, and we should respond in times where God is challenged us and testing our faith. And Elijah said to her, don't fear. Go and do as I've told you, but make me a small cake from, from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. Look, the preacher's got to eat first. Then you, you, after he eats, then you can eat. Okay, that's what he's saying. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour, a little bit of flour, shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up Nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Woo! Man, that's good, isn't it? That little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. Go in there and make me something, because I want to eat first. Bring it to me first, up. But see, what he was saying was, because God had told him to do that. God had said, I'm going to take care of you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'll take care of you if you'll do what I tell you to do, you see. But he'd already walked all that distance. And so he saw the widow. And don't you know when the widow said, I did not got anything. i just got a little bit in here. I've just got a little bit of oil and all. And I know Elijah thought, Lord, you sent me all this waste to a widow. And she doesn't have anything herself. Now, isn't this just like God? Isn't this just like God to take care of our needs and beyond? Isn't it just like Him that sometimes when we look at it and it looks like this is nothing, and then when you're obedient to God, is that He just begins to expand it, and it's like it explodes. This is our God of abundance. The sufficiency of God. Beyond anything we can imagine. And you'll not lack anything if you'll just have faith. Do what I tell you to do. And you go, I'm going to share, because y'all want to know that. You're like this, because I do. And I know you do. And you want to trust God in the same manner that Elijah trusted God. And he says, you do what I tell you to do. You may tell you, I will bless your life. Isn't that good news? That's all. You go, well, how do I know? I'll share with you in just a moment. In Luke chapter 6 is give and it will be given to you. Good measure. pressed down. Shaking together and running over will be poured into your lap. Give. You give. You give a little bit, right? You give. But according to what the word of God says, it shall be given to you. Press down and pouring over and it'll be just dumped in your lap. You know, everybody eats cereal in here, right? You open a box of cereal and you take and begin to pour that cereal into the bowl. I like to fill my cereal up to the top of the bowl. Some people don't like to eat as much cereal as I do. I like cereal. I drink it, especially if the milk's fresh. Get a little sweetener in there. Get a little bananas on that and so forth. And I pour. <clears throat> but what he's saying here is when you begin to pour that cereal in that bowl, is actually that cereal begins to flow out over the edges of that bowl. You keep right on and on. That's the way God's abundant blessings are. You begin to give like that and you begin to do that. And God just pours the blessings out upon you. That's our God. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. You see, a couple observations here from this passage about Elijah in First Kings chapter 17. There was an unexpected source of provision. A widow who has nothing, she needed help herself. A lot of times, if I ask you to pray for somebody, or maybe I ask you to maybe do this and that, and you go, hey, I'm hurting myself, and you're asking me to help this person who's hurting? I can't. I'm, 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 in, the, I'm in the trenches myself, Jim. Do you realize I'm just trying to to, to, to tread water now. I, I, I'm just trying to survive. I'm not thriving. Do you realize that, Jim? You're asking me to help somebody else. Do you know when you begin to give yourself away, do you know how God blesses your life? Do you know what gets me out of the dump when I sometimes get down in the dump is begin giving myself away and helping other people. And that's when the abundance of God is shown because it's like you don't have anything to give according to the way you feel yourself. But when you begin to give yourself away, is God begins to multiply it over and over and over again. So if you're depressed, begin to just call somebody. Do something for the Lord. Begin to get out of the pity party and begin to obviously give yourself away. You watch what happens. Things will change. Your whole attitude will change when you begin to do that. And so this widow, obviously she didn't have anything, but she said, what have I got to lose? Are we getting ready to die anyway? Me and my son, my family, we're done. And so she stepped out and she believed God. She believed the prophet of God because what was happening is Elijah was speaking for God. God was speaking through him. And so she did that here. And so we think we can't help anybody because obviously we're in bad shape ourselves. Begin to help somebody else. Do something else. God will reward you. Then the other thing is here is before she did anything is verse 13, do not fear. Fear paralyzes faith. And do you know because fear is being propagated all throughout the media today about the COVID and all the things that are going on, the fear that's going on, whether or not we obviously have allowed terrorists to come in from this Afghanistan transfer of people and population to all parts of the world, including this our our country, and obviously allowing people to come across the border like that when having no border. We're fearful because things can happen. We don't know who's coming across. We don't have any vetting process and so forth. And we can allow fear to paralyze us, and we won't walk by faith because fear is the opposite of faith. We have to believe God for revival in this nation. We have to believe God that He's going to do something in this nation. Don't stop believing. The Bible says if you continue to believe, you'll see His glory. Believe him, believe the word of God. That's what that lady did, that widow did with Elijah. She believed she went in there and fixed it up. And remember, it says here that it got so that the bin of of flour and, and oil never ran out. He kept she kept feeding and feeding and feeding. Supernatural, isn't it? But we serve a supernatural God. That's who our father is. God has blessed me. But it's been specifically when times I looked at it and I would go, no way. But when I stepped out in faith, then God poured his blessings out. That's what who God is. He works in those situations. Read the stories in the Bible. All of them point in this way. Faith is required throughout this story. Obedient faith. The kind of faith there. Zarephath, again, was 75 miles away. He walked and he got there. And I'm sure he thought, Dad, this widow, she got anything to begin with. And God sent me all this way. I don't even know what it's like or think about it. walking for 75 miles. Long ways, okay? We walk a long ways. I don't think I can make it now. But he did. And he trusted God here. That act of faith, living by faith. But obviously the widow had to believe what this prophet was saying, that this was coming from the heart of God. So you see, this kind of faith doesn't look at the size of the jar. This kind of faith doesn't look at our inadequacies. You see, when you begin to minister to people, which is what we call for. When you begin to pray for people, faith doesn't look at your inadequacies. Faith looks at our big God. And when something looks impossible, you can be assured, if our faith would kick in, then something's going to happen supernaturally, trust me. It will, every time. I can't say what, but our God moves as a result of our faith. Engaging our faith. He will, and He will continue to do that. that kind of faith. says, my God's big enough My God is able to do this here in Psalm 78, 19. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? We might be okay in normal circumstances, but can God take care of us in this impossible situation? What's the impossible situation that you're in today? What is it? Can God take care of you? Can God take care of you? I know what people have said, and I'm hearing the same thing, and it is dragging you down because you don't want to listen to that stuff. That's not what God's saying. Our God's saying, look, count on me for the impossible. That's where I work because I show myself mighty and strong as a result of that. But if we look at all these things around us today, we could be really depressed. My goodness, you watch too much about that. It's so depressing seeing all those people scrambling to try to get out. These people hanging on to an airplane and falling to their death at 2,000 feet in the air. All of this stuff, I'm going, my goodness. Why? It's because they don't have that hope down deep in their hearts in that place. And they don't have, obviously, that hope in Jesus Christ. We need to, obviously, activate our faith. Believe God for the impossible. But also, what can we expect? To be refreshed. Anybody here need to be refreshed and restored? Obviously. I do. I need it. So I'm receiving it. Anybody here, just open your heart. In verses 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And he restores my soul. What does that mean? He restores us. You're weary, you're tired. You know, Lee is out in the heat all day. And I'll guarantee you, he, Lee does not just work an eight-hour day. He's beyond that because the type of work he does, he's got to get with it for hours upon hours, you know. And he's like, good gracious, he's got youth on his side. He's got water. He's got that cold water and so forth. But his soul, he needs, we need refreshment, don't we? We're weary. We're weary not only physically, but also spiritually and emotionally. This according to the word of God, that He refreshes us. He restores us. We've been downtrodden, He lifts us back up, our souls here. Sheep that are weary, He leads them beside the still waters and into the green pastures. That's our shepherd. Hallelujah. That's who Jesus is in Second Corinthians chapter four. Paul wrote, Therefore we don't lose heart, even though outwardly we're wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And inwardly, something's happening in our hearts. We're getting weary. God says, I'll strengthen you. He takes care of us. But there are three conditions. you got to come to him. Don't try to do it alone. We're here today saying, Lord, we're coming to you. We're making a decision. We made a decision to get up. We're weary and tired because of the heat. I don't know about y'all, but it wears on me. And I'm ready for fall weather. I told somebody yesterday, I'm ready for it to get cooler. <laughs> okay. It's hot, 100 degrees every day. Now, From now on, it's torture, you know. And I'm not out in the the heat like Lee is or anybody else. But let me tell you, it's hot. It wears on you. And so you've got to come to him. Say, Lord, refresh me. Refresh me. Come and do that. The old song, what a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. He says take his yoke upon us. And come under his authority. Come into his services. Because he He has waters that he will water your soul. He will refresh you. Good news. That's great news. Learn from him. He's meek and lowly. A mindset of humility. You have to be hum- humble. You got to say I need you Lord desperately here. I need you desperately. I need the Lord. I know you could say the same thing. And he will come through for you. He leads us in the green pastures, not barren lands, in the richness of that green pasture. I remember one day I was driving through Kentucky, coming from Nashville, going up to Lexington. And I remember looking across the landscape. And the farmhouses in that area are really pretty. They're pristine. They're white, real white and all. They're real clean. And you're looking across rolling hills of nothing but this beautiful green grass. A lot of, obviously, horses in the area and so forth. A lot of livestock in that area. But it was just beautiful. Those lush pastures that were there. It was like, wow, look at that. It caught my eye. i never forget it. And that's who God is. He leads us into the green, those pastures that are, will nourish us and refresh us. He'll also lead us in the right direction in verse 4. He leads us in the paths of righteousness for his namesake here. If we follow him, you think somehow, hey, uh, what do I do? How do I do that? Follow Jesus. Just ask him. Lord, lead me. I need you every moment of every day. Please, I'll follow you. Lead me. I will follow wherever you, you want me to go here. Why does he do it? For our name's sake? No. For his name's sake. His namesake. See, his name is honored when we see that. And when he leads his children into the green pastures and, and into the the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads us through that. All we do, what do we do? It's not like they've got to really gear up and pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. He says, if you'll follow me, I'll lead you. I'll lead you. You feel like you're being led today. Some of us maybe feel like we've been put on a shelf and, and God is through using us. No, he hasn't. He's got a way. He'll put you. You're in his service. If you're still here taking your breath, then you're here with God's purposes. If you're not, then obviously it may be time that obviously the funeral takes place. But until that time, God's got a purpose for you. And it always will be that true. Follow Jesus. Don't struggle. To be safe also, in verse 4, Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. You've got a safety. Do you know nothing can touch a believer in their life, physically, spiritual, or emotionally, without God allowing it? If God allows it, then he's got a higher purpose for us. Not to destroy us, but to build us up, actually. In our relationship with him. So we don't have to be afraid. I've always said don't be afraid. I'm not being arrogant. You need to be careful about different things. And take precautions and so forth. He gives us a mind to be able to make decisions. But we are safe. Nothing can touch us unless it's sifted through God's hands. That's great. That's great news. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You got to believe that. Because if not you'll be tossed to and fro. Thinking, oh gosh, what I do here now and so forth. We are children of the most high God. David says, when life takes me there, I will not be afraid. You see, he goes with me. In Hebrews 13, 5, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never walk away from you. I'll always be there with you. Jesus is here with us today. He will never leave us. He says, "Your are riding your staff. They comfort me. He obviously takes the staff and he beats off the wild animals from the sheep. He protects us because we have enemies that are obviously looking at us, ready to devour us. And I want to tell you today, if God lifted his hand from our lives, let me tell you, we would be devoured. Everybody know that? We will be devoured. But we are protected. Hallelujah. And he beats off those those demons and all that adversity and those things in our lives, you see. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And that preparation, obviously, is right there in the midst of abundance, right in front of his enemies. And they're looking on and saying, look at Jim supping with the Lord. Look what God has blessed Jim with. And we can't even touch him. And they are gnashing. They are madder than a hornet. But they can't touch you. They're looking on. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Right there, right in the midst of them to show them that this is my child. I'll take care of him. This is my, my son. This is my daughter. I'll take care of them. This is who our God is. Isn't that the best news? He'll take care of you. Don't fear this COVID. Take care of yourself. Be protective, obviously. But don't be afraid. Fear will paralyze you, and it will stop you from believing God. It's really tough. Trust Him. Do what He tells you to do. Our cup runs over. It's not half empty. It's not half full. It's running over. You know, a lot of times people say, well, you just see life is half empty. No. Some people say, well, I see life is half full. No, neither one of those. Your cup, in God's eyes, is running over. Just running over. Isn't that good news? That's who our God is. And then we're overtaken with goodness and mercy. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God is in pursuit of us to bless us. Do you believe it? He's not up there in pursuit of us to destroy us or to hit us with his big stick. He is here. He's pursuing you and me. To bless us, to bless us, to take care of us, to have want a relationship with him. That's all he's doing. That's why he sent Jesus. The ultimate gift of love, Jesus Christ, was sent into the world. He knew this from eternity past. Everybody understand what eternity past is? It's from the beginning of what we even can think of fathom time is. He was already thinking, I'm going to send Jesus into the world, redeem the world. And redeem actually means being bought back from slavery because we're slaves of sin until Jesus redeems us roger sang about it Our redeemer liveth job even what he went through he said i know that my redeemer liveth and i will stand on this earth one day with him i know my redeemer liveth do you know that your redeemer liveth his name is jesus that he gave his life for you that he loves you enough that he went to calvary he could have obviously taken back and sent the angel, legions of angels down and destroyed all of mankind. And they said, well, Father, start over again. These rascals here, they've turned away from you. But no, what did he do? He voluntarily laid down his life that we would come into a relationship with him. Too many of God's people expect to be overtaken with sorrow and misery. Oh, poor me. Everything. Well, especially when things are happening. I don't minimize bad circumstances. But many people, just because they've had so many bad circumstances, they go, oh, poor me. They believe they're going to be overtaken by that misery and sorrow and grief and and all those things. And yes, life is tough. I don't minimize that. But we need to believe that goodness and mercy are are aggressively pursuing us and obviously want to catch each one of us. David got a revelation, surely. It's going to happen. During my youth, okay, that's great. Because when I was young, I was taken care of, my parents took care of me, sent me to school. I never really even thought about, obviously, what I was going to eat for the day. My mom packed the lunchbox and so forth, and we always ate at night, whatever it may be. Some of you may have had beans and rice or whatever, but you are here today because somebody took care of you. And, you know, during that time in our youth and so forth, we're younger, we're growing up. But then in middle age, we're going, oh, I got to take care of my got to get out there and get a job. I've got to do these things. Yes, you need to take that step out. Yes. But also in our old age, our old age, God's going to take care of us. That's what the word of God says. That's what we can look forward to. Even with all this stuff around us taking place, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2 says, Now it come, shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord. They will overtake him with blessings here, right? You don't have to make it happen, God makes it happen. Isn't that great? You're child of God. God makes it happen here. Only one condition. Just obey him. Just do what he tells you to do. Just whatever it may be. God will tell you if you open your heart to him. And then also we can expect enjoy fellowship with God and his people. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. I love it. We come to church. And we dwell, we come together to stir one another's faith. The church house is a very important thing. A lot of people today are, are kind of slid out and so forth. We need to pray, get back in church. want the church to start back again. People come into church house from the north. I pray, I pray all the time, Lord, send them in from the north, the south, and the east and the west. Bring them in, Lord. Bring people in all over this city and beyond today to hear the word of God. To be able to experience the worship as we sing. And I'll build my life <laughs> upon his word. I'll, I'll obviously I'll hang my hat on the things that he, God says. I will believe God against all the obstacles that I face in my life. I will believe his word. That's why we come together. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing of the word of God. That's why we teach. That's why we preach. That's why we proclaim the testimonies of what God is doing. Keep telling people about Jesus Christ. We, I believe we were going to see some, God do something miraculous today in our culture, in our society. Keep believing, keep praying today. God will have his way. I believe today that we have a destiny in Jesus. Do you believe that? If you're a child of God, you have a destiny. Destiny is short for destination. Your destination is heaven. But we have a destiny in Jesus Christ. That's the greatest gift that we could ever get. I'm celebrating that, folks. I'm celebrating today, amen? I don't want to just get excited here in the church house because I'm the preacher. And they go, you should be. You're the preacher, Jim. you got to get excited, right? No, I want to leave this church house excited. I want people to say, what is wrong with that guy, you know? I mean, he's lost his mind. I want people to believe I've lost my mind over Jesus, right? That's what we should be like. It's exciting. Saddle up, Stephen Curtis Chapman sang something years ago. Saddle up your horses. We got a ride there. I forget all the words of it. saddle up your horse. Go. We got adventure ahead of us. Amen. It's not boring. Don't get bored. If you get bored, then get into the things of God. You won't be bored. Call somebody, encourage them, do something God's called you to do. You won't ever get bored. And as a child of God, God's got plans for us. It doesn't make any difference where we are in life. But one thing about it is the devil would love to deprive people of, obviously, the things that God has here in the church house and get them isolated and separated from the presence of God and from his people. The devil loves that. He'll take and put a wedge in there. And it's very easy because I want to tell you today, as you all know, I've always said that a little joke where the mom is downstairs and she's hollering up at the man upstairs, her son, saying, come on, we got to go to church. We've got to go to church. Remember the story I've always told you. I love it. And he goes, I don't want to go. You got to go. You got to go. And he went on. And then finally he says, give me one reason why I've got to go. And the wife, said, the mother said, because you're the preacher. Because you're the preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Get in the church. Keep, keep hanging there no matter what. Because God is going to have his way. God's doing great things. He wants to use every one of us. He has not discounted you. You know, you go, yeah, Jim, but look at my age. <laughs> age is no barrier to what God wants to do. Young, or I always say not OLD, it's O-L-E. Oh, yo. yeah, doesn't make any difference. God will use you. One thing you can be used for is being an intercessor. Intercessors for people here. We've got people that need to be prayed for. We have mentioned some of them. We'll, we'll talk some more in just a moment. Pray, keep trusting. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You believe it. You got to walk in it every day. It's got to be held up in front of you because we're so easily distracted by the world. The world loves to come in, creep in and kind of put a wedge between us and our belief system, our faith. And then before you know it, we're far away from what God wants because we don't believe him. We believe something else. And most of the time it's a lie. The devil loves the lie. The enemy loves to tell lies. He's not obviously into telling the truth. You need to know the truth. Because when you do, the truth will set you free. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Because the truth will set us free. I thank you for every person here today. And those watching. It's a joy to share our hearts together. But also the word of God. I pray that word of God will go forth and touch us. And change our lives. Because Lord. We're in need of changing and we recognize that and we humble ourselves today and say, change our hearts, oh God. Make it more like Jesus, Lord. We pray. We pray for healing today for those that need healing. We pray for deliverance. If they're dealing with a stronghold in their life or maybe some things, some darkness has come in. That you would, uh, Lord, deliver us. They need, obviously, salvation. Father, today we bow our hearts and say, Lord Jesus, come in our hearts and save us. We need you. I recognize I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of salvation. The only way I know to get to heaven, is according to Your Word, is through believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ, following Him. I pray today that that would take place in people's lives, this congregation, all over this, all over this city, and people who are watching by uh, Zoom, Facebook, and other means. Lord, we pray that today. Please protect the people in Afghanistan. Citizens and also those American citizens, but also the people there. Protect the children. Cover them, Lord, in the blood. Protect the children. Protect those in other places that are in harm's way. Lord, we ask for wisdom for our our present administration. Please give them godly wisdom, Lord. Help them to turn to you. For decisions that are being made. Because many of these decisions will affect this whole country. This this nation called the United States of America. And Lord today we right now stand and let our light shine. Because there is darkness all around us. But Lord today we believe that the light will remove the darkness. We believe Lord. That we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we have the victory in Jesus Christ. So we stand today. And take our stand. And make this declaration. In the name of Jesus. That the Lord is our shepherd. And we shall not want. We declare that. Before the throne of grace. And all of those who are watching on today. We make that declaration. The Lord is my personal shepherd. And I shall not want. And so Lord we ask you today. That, that would come to pass experientially. And everybody today would truly see. The hand of God. And the miraculous heart that you have towards your people. We give you praise today. And it it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you that uh, you've taken your time to, t- to tune in. We pray this word will be encouraging to you. And you would go forth this week knowing God's going to take care of us. No matter what happens in your life. That God is our shepherd. And he will take care of his sheep. He will take care of us. God bless you and have a wonderful week. And we hope to see you back here uh, next week. God bless. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Amen.